Welcome to Chapel at Calvin University, where we grow to love God and love people. I'm your host, Paul Ryan, worship pastor at Calvin University. Today in Chapel, Pastor Mary Hulst continues her series on the I Am Statements of Jesus. She preaches on John 10, 1 through 10, where Jesus says, I am the gate. Who is Jesus really speaking to when he says he is the gate? How can the statement, I am the gate, impact how we assess churches and their leaders? Let's listen together. Welcome to worship. We're so glad you're here on this Wednesday. Just a couple of reminders. If you are interested or know someone who is interested in serving as a Barnabas, those applications are due on Monday. Monday. So get them in, get them done. Get them in, get them done. And then if you want to be a worship apprentice, those applications are due on Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, and then just a, high, just a highlight, next week we're hosting the Worship Symposium, which is a big worship conference that happens here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, so just be aware, be hospitable to the lots of people who, from all over the world who come to Calvin for this worship conference. That's happening next week. So just a heads up, lines in the food, maybe longer, um, but you can walk to the knoll even for lunch. You can do this, I believe in you. All right, let's practice good hospitality. Okay, let's pray together. God, we're so grateful for this time where we could just gather here, remember the things that are really important, where we can be shaped by your word and by your spirit. For we think that worship actually forms us more and more into Jesus Christ. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you work through this word read and proclaimed, that you will do what you need to do in us so that we can look and act and sound more like Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. So friends, we are continuing our study in the gospel of John. Excellent. We are looking at statements. What kind of statements? I am statements. We're looking today at John 10, the first part. This is page 872 in the black books around you, which are the Bibles. Or if you have a Bible app, we're looking at John 10, verses 1 through 10. John 10, 1 through 10. Jesus says this. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. 
This is the word of the Lord. Well, to understand what Jesus is talking about here in John 10, we need to have a context of what happened in John 9, which you'll study later on in your John Bible study. In John 9, Jesus and his disciples come across a man who was born blind. And Jesus spits into the mud, takes the mud, puts it on the guy's eyes, a little at you, puts it on the guy's eyes and sends him to wash in the pool of Siloam. The man goes, he washes in the pool, and he can see. It's an amazing miracle. An amazing miracle happening, as we know, during the Feast of Booths. So lots of people are around. Lots of people are like, wow, this is amazing. But it causes a bit of a ruckus because Jesus did this miracle on the Sabbath. So the Pharisees have a bit of a debate. See, this guy isn't from God because he does this stuff on the Sabbath. He's not following the Sabbath rules. And other people are like, well, how can this guy be a sinner if he's opening the eyes of the blind? So they have this debate, and they try to sleuth it out. What's happening? And then there are people who are like, I don't think that guy ever was blind. Is that the same guy? I don't even know. And so the Pharisees call in the guy's parents to validate the story. But the Pharisees have also declared that anyone who says Jesus is the Messiah will be kicked out of the synagogue. And this means they will be kicked out of every relationship they know. Work, family, faith, gone. So the parents are called before the Pharisees, and they are so scared of what the Pharisees could do to them that they say, yeah, that's our son, and now he was blind, and now he can see, but, you know, he's of age, so just talk to him about it. So they bring the guy back again. And the guy says, yeah, that was me. I was blind, now I see you. Why do you keep asking me about this? Do you want to become his disciple too? And they get so ticked at that that they kick him out. It's in this context that Jesus says, I'm the gate. He starts by putting it a little subtly. He says, you know how in a village everybody shares the same sheepfold and they all hire one gatekeeper? And when a shepherd comes whom the gatekeeper knows, he'll open the gate and the, the shepherd will do his special call or whistle and only his sheep will follow him. You know how that works in a village? This is like that. And they're like, um, What? I thought we were talking about blind men and Sabbath and what? So he tries again. He says, okay, out in the wilderness, there are sheepfolds that are just walls of stone, and they're a circle except for one little part that isn't closed off. And the sheep go in and out through that little opening. And you know that at night, the shepherd himself sleeps right there in the opening so that no one gets in to his sheep without his permission. No one goes in or out of the sheepfold without the shepherd who has now become the gate. So Jesus is saying here, I'm the gate. I'm the one who determines who gets in and who gets out, not you. You've made yourselves the gatekeepers for the sheep. But let me tell you something. It's not working. It's not you. 
When Jesus says that he is the gate, who is he calling thieves and bandits in this little story? It's kind of obvious. Who is he calling? Who is he like? You're the thief and the bandit. Who is he talking about? The Pharisees. The Pharisees. He's like, you're the ones. You're the thieves and bandits. Now, not only is this very insulting to the Pharisees, but it's also deeply tragic. Because the job of religious leaders was to point people to truth and to point people to life. This amazing miracle happened, and they didn't celebrate it. The man's parents should have been the happiest people on the planet, and they were terrified. Instead of pointing people toward light and truth and life, the Pharisees were squashing it. They were killing it. This whole exchange here in John 9 and 10 echoes a prophecy from centuries before. Listen to this word from Ezekiel 34. Mortal, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, Woe, you shepherds of Israel who've been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fatted calves, but you do not feed the sheep. You have not strengthened the weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays. You have not sought the lost, but with force and harshness you have ruled them. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will sort them out. As shepherds sort out their flocks when they're among scattered sheep, so I will sort out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strays, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. I am the gate for the sheep. The ones who came before me are thieves and bandits. I'm the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved. They'll get to go in and go out and find good pasture. John 10 is a warning to the Pharisees. You're not the gatekeepers. I'm the gatekeeper. It's a warning to the Pharisees, but it's also a warning to us. Specifically, it's a warning to me. The word pastor literally means shepherd. So Pastor Mary is Shepherd Mary. Pastor Paul is Shepherd Paul. My job, my calling, my joy is to lead you to Jesus. Everything we do in campus ministries, the sermons and the worship services and the Bible studies and our pastoral conversations, they're all designed to lead you to Jesus. The temptation for all pastors, though, is that we'd also like to lead you to other things. Maybe we think there's a certain contemporary issue that if you really follow Jesus, you should think this way about that issue. Or maybe there's a certain politician, and we're like, if you actually follow Jesus, you're going to vote for this person. Maybe 
We start to preach that prosperity is a sign of God's blessing and poverty is a sign of God's judgment. Maybe we start to proof text scripture to just prove what we want to say. Instead of strengthening the sick and healing the weak and binding the injured and bringing back the strays, we have ruled the found with force and harshness. Whenever we pastors align ourselves with power or politics or the issues of the day, we are not leading people to Jesus. The warning in John 10 is that bad religious leaders kill people. Bad religious leaders kill the church. They run after fame or wealth or the glory of being right. And they leave the sheep exposed. The work of the Holy Spirit in my life, the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of your pastors and elders and deacons, the work of the Holy Spirit is that our preferences, our ideas about justice or global issues at hand or contemporary issues right in our own neighborhood, that our own preferences take a back seat. In fact, get on a different bus than inviting you to follow Jesus. So a question to ask yourself is, is the church where I am worshiping inviting me to follow Jesus? Is the pastor that I listen to, whether here in chapel or in church on Sundays or via podcast, are the, are the voices that I'm listening to, are they actually pointing me to Jesus? Does the church I worship in, does the pastor I listen to, do they care about the strays and the lost and the broken? And when I hear a sermon, does it talk about Jesus? This may seem like kind of an obvious thing. Well, yeah, a sermon could talk about Jesus. Let me tell you, they don't all do it. Does the place where you worship lead you to Jesus? Do the people you follow lead you to Jesus? Bad religious leaders kill people. Bad religious leaders kill the church of Jesus Christ. But there's hope. There's hope because the church of Jesus Christ is the church of Jesus Christ. It's not the church of Pastor Mary or the church of Pastor Paul, the church of whoever you want to name. No, 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 no. It's the church of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is pretty clear in this text that you know the difference. He says it works like this. The sheep, they know the shepherd. They know the shepherd's voice. They know what the shepherd looks like and smells like and sounds like. They know the truth. So you hear people like, oh, Generation Z, they're leaving the church, and all the nuns are leaving the church, and other people are leaving the church. Like, oh, maybe, but are they still following Jesus? Because it could be they were in the church, and the church was like, yeah, that's not following Jesus. Uh, anybody want to go with me and follow Jesus? 
You know. You know when someone looks and smells and sounds like Jesus. And that's what Jesus says right here in this text. You know my voice. You know what I sound like. Come and follow me. You see, whoever comes in through me, you get to come in, you get to go out, you get to find pasture. And here's the gift. You get to have life and have it abundantly. The thief, he says, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come, Jesus says, that you may have life and have it abundantly. So be in a faith community that pushes you toward life. Be in a faith community that speaks boldly against death. Be in a faith community that leads you to the shepherd. Jesus is the gate. Blessed be his holy name. Amen. Will you pray with me? Jesus, this is a sobering text for us because it demands that we do some work, that we listen with discernment, that we pay attention that we refuse to confuse your voice with anyone else's. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you guide us very clearly to be in communities that are leading us to you. And forgive us when we equate following Jesus with anything having to do with power or politics or contemporary issues. Forgive us when we evaluate someone's faith by how they vote rather than by how they live. And instead, good shepherd, lead us to come in and go out and find pasture. May we be people of abundant life who listen to your voice. And we pray this in your name. Amen. I invite you to rise in body or in spirit to receive the blessing. Beloved in Jesus Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to Chapel at Calvin University. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to follow us and share this episode with a friend. Until next week, in the power of the Spirit, Love God and love people.